Hi, thank you all for joining us. My name is Kenny, um, and welcome to Pun Times. And today we are going to be doing our session zero of a game called Slasher. It is a, um, a Fate Core based game that is published by Higher Grounds Publishing. They were kind enough to reach out to Experience Points and say, hey, we want to, uh, you know, potentially have you guys try a game, have you all try a game. And so we're like, yeah, cool. Uh, let's look at what you have. And they had slasher, and I was like, "Yeah, let's let's do some murder. Let's do some horror." Because it's so much different than our Starfinder campaign <laughs> and our Numenera campaign. Um, with me today are some amazing individuals. Um, why don't we start at the top left of the screen uh, with Miu? Hi, uh, I'm Miu. Uh... I use pronouns they, them, uh, and I'm going to be playing Sean Malarkey. Sweet. I love that last name. <laughs> Sean Malarkey. Uh, yeah, Sean Malarkey is the stoner in the group. It has been interesting creating a character basically with the express purpose of them getting killed. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. When you know that your character is going to die, I'm sure making decisions will be a lot less like, hmm, should I do this? Fuck it, let's open that trapdoor and see what's underneath it. It'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> Just remember, we have to at least have one of us survive six episodes. <laughs> well, <laughs> Otherwise, well, it's going to be a whole lot of murderer all by themselves. <laughs> I don't see a problem with that. <laughs> murder. <laughs> We, we, we'll figure that out. We'll figure that out as we go. All right, so let's move along the top of the row. I'm Jess. I My pronouns are she, her, and I'll be playing Willow, the murderer. Ooh. And her pronouns are also she, her. Nice. And she's a murderer. She is a murderer. I am so excited about this character and what they can do. Um, cannot wait for all of that to be oh. revealed and the backstory and how <laughs> everyone ties into this amazing, wonderful backstory. Oh. <laughs> so good. I'm excited too. All right, uh, next is Callie. Hi, I'm Callie. Um, I go with she, her pronouns. I'm playing Tina Ratherson, the uh, town uh, horror movie buff. I run a fan club and I'm an alpha bitch. And I'm excited to be an alpha bitch. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> what what does alpha bitch mean to you? Oh, uh, it means to me that I know everything that's best for everybody, and if they don't listen to me, they clearly are not looking out for their best interests, and I'll set them straight. Nice. I cannot wait. Awesome. Uh, and then let's uh, move down to the bottom and go back to the left and go with Steph. Hi, I'm Steph. My pronouns are she/her, and I will be playing Harper Ellis. Um, her pronouns are also she, her, but she is a bit pronoun indifferent, which makes sense when you know that she is butch. So sometimes people mistake her for a man, as can happen. She doesn't really care. She won't correct somebody unless they're rude about it. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. And she is a monster slash death magnet. And I can't wait to talk more about how that comes into play. <laughs> nice, very nice. I, I really can't either. And uh, we'll talk about backstories in a little bit, but your backstory is amazing. <laughs> um, and then uh, to my right, at the bottom right, is Kelric. Hello, 
I'm Kelrick. I use he, him pronouns. My character uses he, him pronouns. His name is Ian Hudson, and he is a technical pacifist. And as the game book says, you can't spell pacifist without fist. <laughs> so um, you, you, your character was a Broadway dancer, is still a Broadway dancer? Are we kind of leading out still, of that? That's just backstory stuff. Okay, good. Good. I'm glad that we, we still have some of that going, but I really do. Oh, yeah. Like, I really do enjoy the pacifist uh, trope. I think that's going to be very interesting when it comes to those very tense situations. It's going to be fun to work into the backstory as someone who's been kicked out of the Pink Panthers. So that's kind of exciting to me. <laughs> uh, for, for the uneducated, do you want to expand on the Pink Panthers? Oh, sure. The Pink Panthers is an LGBT group that basically says, you know, you need to be prepared to fight back and keep yourself safe. And so, you know, they do all different kinds of classes like self-defense. They do, you know, how to handle a gun properly, those kinds of things. And then in larger cities where they have a decent number of people, they patrol the streets around um, LGBT hangouts to make sure that if someone is being harassed, that they are not alone and they can be protected. Nice. Um, and I am Kenny. My pronouns are he, him. I am playing the director. Um, and that person is omniscient, godly, and has no pronouns. Um, I work with the killer to make sure that they set up the scenes that they want to terrorize and try to make our survivors dead. And, uh, <laughs> so, um, Jess is going to be working with me a little bit in chat, um, to kind of... Let me know when the killer pops up out of the ether or does one of their tricks to make something creepy happen and try to throw our our survivors off guard. The The book does make it a point to say that the, the player characters are survivors. They are not victims. They are not dead yet. And they may not die. But we'll see. So the setting that uh, we are playing in is in a city called Sufra Shores. It is a Pacific Northwest coastal town uh, that is very small. It is a, a kind of a vacation getaway setting, uh, max population of like a thousand people, lots of B&Bs, uh, small port area, uh, and... Um, you know, the, the townies kind of live in one specific area. The affluent townies definitely live in another. And, um, you know, it's, it's so small that, like, the police precinct is in a, um, a strip mall. It's right next to a 7-Eleven and a grocery store. Um, so all of the characters here have some sort of connection to Sufra Shores. Let's see here. So let's go, um, we'll go character by character and uh, we'll discuss the, the tropes that they chose and uh, what their backstory is as characters. Um, and we'll do the survivors first and then we'll end with the killer. Uh, so why don't we start, um, again, I'll start with uh, Mew. Hello. Hi. Ah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so... My character is Sean Malarkey, and like I said, he's the stoner. Uh, Sean grew up in Sufra Shores. Uh, definitely one of the townies, not one of the affluent townies by a long shot. <laughs> uh, 
basically, by the time he got to high school, he kind of had the score figured out. Everyone was either going to work some minimum wage job, making the rich people money, or, well, that's it. Like that's Or you left town. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Sean figured, hey, what the heck? I'll just cause a bunch of trouble. So he got into, like, doing a bunch of uh, crap, you know, just to really just to piss off the police and, and to get into trouble and uh, started dealing. Uh, things got a little hot, so he had to skip town for a while. But uh, he's back in town, and he's trying to get elsewhere, but just going to take up some things before he goes to hop the state line. Nice. Uh, so the, the trope that Sean has is stoner. Um, what does the book kind of say about that? What does that, like, does it give you a benefit? Does it, you know, create problems for you? It, it does. It talks about uh, sort of the aspect of the stoner being such a loser. Uh, lazy, not not stupid, but lazy. <laughs> like, you know, I'd rather, you know, get high and play some video games than have any cultivate any kind of meaningful relationship or anything like that. Uh, so a way I could invoke that is uh, basically if I can use drugs, I can kind of shrug off some of the some of the stress <laughs> of uh, some of the mental stress. I can kind of retreat into uh, for him, it would be it would be marijuana. You know, he he light up a joint, and get high, and just then he'd be like, "Oh, it doesn't matter all the problems that I have." Uh, so I can I can. It's pretty easy for him to uh, just kind of shrug off a situation. Uh, okay. But it's also pretty hard for him to say no. Mm -hmm. Like he's not one to turn down a joint, even if it is laying in the middle of a bear trap that says, you know, the killer wants to eat you. He's like, ah, oh, there's a joint, you know. Uh, so that that's a way that that's some of the ways he can get compelled. There's a lot of com room for that compelling there. Uh, yeah. So we also have the death by um, entry, okay, under under each of the tropes, and mm -hmm. my death by is ostracized by friends. Mm. <laughs> So maybe, you know, being excluded or left out or, you know, tripped. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you think about how the stoner tends to die in these things, you know, maybe stays behind to spark up a joint because everyone else is freaking out and he needs to calm down. You know, that's, that's how I foresee this 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 going. But, uh, yeah, no, it, Sean's just total stoner. Yeah. That is, uh, I do have his, his trouble as known to authorities. Oh, okay. So, uh, the cops around here know him. So, um, there, there are a couple of game mechanics that Mew brought up. Um, these details that uh, Mew has for the trope and the backstory, um, they're kind. Uh, they're they're called aspects, and in in play, like uh, me as the director can invoke things. So, say something really creepy is happening, and Mew's character decided to get high. Well, I could say, I'm going to invoke that you are a stoner, and what you're seeing you believe is a hallucination. And so, I like, it. like, yeah, the wheels are already turning. Oh, this is exciting. Okay. I have a question about that, actually. Yeah. If you don't mind. Does yes. that mean that if you invoke things, you can set a time where you're like, you are stressed out and you have to use drugs to calm down? Is that how those work? Um, you know, I, I think, True. yeah, go ahead. I was going to say terminology wise, uh, the players invoke an aspect. Mm -hmm. So I can say, Hey, 
I'm a stoner, so I can just get high and not be completely freaked out about the situation. So that's how I would invoke, I could uh, invoke that aspect. Uh, it would be compelled if mm -hmm. the okay. GM uses it for against me, where it's like, hey, you feel like you have to smoke right now. And then you get a fake point if I accept it or I can resist it, which is another game term and mm -hmm. currency. So invoking is you taking advantage of something that you have for yourself. Compelling <laughs> is telling someone, no, you're going to be doing this now because this is a part of your character. Um, and there are there's a currency involved in that called fate points. And uh, if I am compelling someone to do something, I give them a fate point because the director is going to be a little mean to them. Uh, if another player compels another player, which can happen, say the killer wants to compel the stoner's aspect, they can give one of their fate points to the stoner and oh. compel one of their aspects. And an aspect is just a detail about a person. So a trope is the detail of, you know, that they are a stoner. Okay. Uh, Callie, let's move on to your character and your backstory. Sure. Um, so I'm doing Tina Ratherson. Uh, originally, I wanted to do, there's an inbuilt alpha bitch trope in the, uh, in the book. But I also really wanted to do a character that was kind of like a, a horror movie buff. So I kind of hybridized the two together. Yeah. So what I ended up with is, is Tina is a local. Um, she didn't, she grew up uh, here. She, she never left here. Uh, a lot of, most of her friends went off to college or just left the town. She's just about all that's left. Uh, she, uh, her dad was ultimately murdered when she was a kid, but uh, her mom told her that, uh, the, her dad went to Hollywood to be a, a horror movie director, which is kind of what I guess planted that idea of, of that type of movie. So she uh, got out of high school, started working at, at the whatever version of Blockbuster we're going to use and is now an assistant manager, um, <laughs> which is pretty important, um, and runs the local horror movie uh, fan club. So one of the things that uh, I've I kind of hybridized the two of being bitchy and also being a horror movie fan is like, the high concept for that is is uh, I have an, a very know-it-all and bossy demeanor, but a lot of my horror movie, or, or I may think this is going to be a great idea to, to combat a killer, but it's all going to be based off of be great horror movies. So what I think is a great idea probably isn't going to be the best idea. <laughs> uh, but by God, we're going to do it because I know best. Um, nice. And uh, the trouble that I, that I listed for my... Uh, background is uh, bad reputation. So being an alpha bitch uh, around town, uh, I have a certain reputation that comes with that. So that could be something invoked uh, in a way that, that might make it easier to intimidate somebody or get them to do what I want, but also compelled in a way that might make social encounters a lot harder based on. Yeah, especially if you're like running down the street bloody and asking for help. Yeah, you know, people may not want to help me after I insulted them at the video store. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's just about the the general. So it's a hybrid hybrid concept. Um, nice. I'm excited to play it. Cool. Um, Kelly used a, another term, um, high concept. Uh, it's a character creation term uh, in Fate um, and used in Slasher. Basically, it's a generalized summary of who that character is, um, just to kind of give you a... a like a quick, you know, if you were just to glance at someone, say, you know, that's their high concept. That's who they are. And that is another thing that can be invoked or compelled. 
Uh, all right, uh, Steph, let's talk about your character. Okay, so Harper is also a local, um, but she kind of it grew up in both worlds of her mother's family own a couple of the resorts and hotels in the city in this area but her dad it was a menial worker on one of the resorts and fell in love with her mom and you know so she's kind of in a situation or grew up in a situation of like she has this really affluent rich side of her family that really look down on them mm -hmm. but she lives in the affluent neighborhood so that'll be interesting to see how she and sean may have gotten along right um but my my trope is the monster magnet which kenny and i worked out to hybrid as well um as a death magnet because there was a serial killer when she was in high school and Harper is a final girl. So um, I, I'm really proud of how I came up with all that. Um, the killer was the Harper View Ripper. So please feel free to use that in any of your stories. Um, we can make up details. I left it vague on purpose, but thinks the first Scream movie <laughs> was yeah. what I was going for with how it ends is that it was her, her best friend, and her girlfriend, and a bunch of their friends were having a party at one of these, like, Harborview, because I figured all the rich people, and this is from my back, my experience living near Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, <laughs> they all have lakefront properties. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that they would all have harbor views. Right. And that party gets taken out by the Ripper. And she's the only one who make it out alive. Nice. She leaves town, tries to get away from the resort lifestyle, ends up working back at a hotel just because the recession and it's where she has experience and is now back in town after her parents died. And mind you, I'm leaving out a couple strings of other people who have died in the interim, like her college roommate, her dog had been put down, her parents dying in a mysterious accident. And now she's back because she has to take care of the resort and she's hoping to sell it, but we'll see if she even survives the game. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the cruelest of ironies. She's ready to sell and the murderer kills her buyers and she's stuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's gonna be interesting to see how, <laughs> I'm really interested to see how Harper and Tina get along long because Harper was a final girl so she's gonna have no time for this horror movie buff bullshit like they're gonna butt heads and she's gonna be like I know because I lived it you'll like, see you'll see I'll, I'll, I'll show be you fun. <laughs> see all you have to do is get your so your excited. your property under escrow and then it will happen it'll just happen yeah. Adulting the horror game. <laughs> yes. Sign these contracts. Ooh. <laughs> Y'all ain't right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kelrick, let's talk about your character. 
sure. Um, Ian Hudson, they are, he's, he's just a, a person who comes from a pretty working class background. His parents were sort of traveling workers, so they just went wherever the seasonal work was. And so they came to um, work here several times over the course of his life. And he is a Broadway dancer who is on a tour break and just wanted somewhere to go to relax and had some fond memories of his time here. So he came here to just chill out for a few months before having to go back on, on tour. And Ian, is, his trope is the technical pacifist, which I love it because it starts off by saying, you're the ultimate hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> so you value the sanctity of life while simultaneously beating the tar out of someone you, if you really have to. So um, the thing that's super exciting about the uh, this particular trope is it says death by leaving the wrong person alive, which I can absolutely see happening. <laughs> you know? oh, mistakes will be made. Uh, for the compel... It come, when it comes time to deliver the final death blow, you just can't do it. That is something you will have to compel because I don't know if I'll be able to stop myself. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was very much raised that you don't leave people to come back after you. <laughs> well, you uh, also have fond memories of zombie horror flicks, so... <laughs> fair. Uh, for the invoke, you're surprisingly peaceful for such a badass. Your opponents almost always underestimate you, but when you're backed into a corner... It turns out that you're almost as deadly as the killer themselves. I'm watching you. <laughs> um, you know, and I really like that with the Pink Panther element because I feel like there are a lot of attributes that the, that Ian can have where they've been trained in self-defense and weapon usage. They just don't like killing people. But, I mean, you give me a baseball bat and I'll take out a knee. <laughs> oh, you know. Yeah. Nice. Technical um, pacifist. So, oh, right. The high concept here is I can save myself. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, and so uh, you visited Super Shores as a kid. Um, and so you're coming back just to kind of get away from it all? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just I have fond memories of my parents working here during the summertime and it's just kind of a place that seemed nice. Nice. Tourists. So, um, yes. let's, uh, discuss the killer. Yes. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> Tell us about our nemesis. So, um, I do want to say that like the, the interesting thing about this game is that it's a collaborative story. Um, and that nothing is really super hidden from all the players, uh, though Jess and I will definitely be collaborating in the background. So the fact that you know what Jess's character is and what they can potentially do is fine. It's just fine because <laughs> I'm very certain that we will come up with some amazing surprises. And in that and of itself will be pretty intense, I feel. Sorry, anyway, sorry, Jess, take it away. <laughs> Uh, so I will be playing Willow, who is the the slasher in Slasher. She, when she was very young, she discovered she had the power to bring inanimate objects to life. 
And the way she discovered this is she was playing cops and robbers with her parents and was shooting a Nerf gun at them. And then they were suddenly riddled with holes. Uh, she... <laughs> what? We're gonna die. That is crazy. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> she has the blank mask, which is uh, like part of the killer mechanics, um, is that they have a mask. She has a blank mask and part of what, like part of Willow's personality is that because this very traumatic thing happened when she was a kid, she's never really grown up. So she plays with lots of toys and dolls and she, um, when she was younger, tore the face off of one of her dolls and uses it as a mask no. and it... <laughs> no. no, thank you. Mm -mm. So um, what does that look like? Uh -uh. No. No. So it looks like an unpainted porcelain doll face, basically. So um, while it is creepy as hell, um, what, what mechanically does that do for you? Uh, so the mask mechanically gives her the lurk power, um, which means that basically it's a lot more difficult to find me. Uh, with the lurk power, I can move freely without being noticed. How is that a thing? You're wearing a porcelain face mask. What? Yeah, but it's a spooky one. But like, who isn't That's wearing a porcelain face mask? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want you to picture yourself walking down the street and you see someone in a porcelain doll mask turn the corner. Did you see anything? Nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know what I, I knew exactly where they were until they were out of sight. <laughs> near me. That's what I saw. I can save myself, thank you very much. So, clearly the reason she has this lurk power, so that's the power that comes with the, the blank mask <laughs> that I chose, but like narratively the reason she has this ability is she's from the area of, of Sufra, but like her family was actually just outside of town. They were very reclusive and managed to just sort of like keep to themselves most of the time. So people in town knew about their existence because it's such a small area, everyone knows one another. Um, but no one knew about Willow. Like, no one knew that her mom was pregnant with her. No one knew that the, this couple who, like, lived out in the woods had a kid. And then one day someone in town was like, hey, we haven't heard from that weird couple in a while, have we? Someone should go check it out. And so they went to, to the house and found them dead and found evidence that a child had been there but didn't find any trace, like, didn't actually find Willow. That's so narratively, <laughs> she has that power to, like, go and notice because she learned it from her parents. Oh, my gosh. So... <laughs> I love all of this. In my head, there is a concurrent story going around that Super Falls has an annual like doll Shores. show. Super Shores. It's like a doll show and they do like doll parade and everyone <laughs> that's why I have this mask thing. Yes. Totally. No, yeah. Everyone has one of these because we have the doll parade for when it's tourist season. Well, that's exactly. canon. It's the doll festival. <laughs> she doesn't wear it upside down, does she? <laughs> oh. I'm creeping myself out. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sue for Shores Doll Parade, writing that down. I don't know. <laughs> don't write that down. It's <laughs> awful. I have heard that enough on your show, Callie, that I think it's <laughs> fair play. <laughs> yeah. But, but let's talk about your creep factors there, Callie. Come on now. <laughs> um, so, uh, what else uh, goes on with the killer there? <laughs> Sorry, someone just said that will definitely bring the value down in any real estate. 
okay, well, so maybe, maybe that begs me, me discussing a little bit about Super Shores. Um, because there was a mass murder that happened there. There, People are dying all over the place. How, how are people still coming here as a vacation hotspot? I'll tell you. Oh, that doesn't make anything but the local news. Well, no, exactly. That, that and that's would be it. suppressed, if anything. Yeah, the, the locals <laughs> survive off of the people who come in during the tourist season. And so the locals don't say anything about it. The locals keep it calm. And there are a few stories that leak out into the public and that do attract some people who search for these weird goings-ons. It does one of two things. It ostracizes them from the, the general public, and often they end up missing. <laughs> Good. This sounds like a great place to live. I'm glad that I decided to stay here. Yeah. Are, are we going to find an Uber manager at the video store? <laughs> yeah. There may or may not be dead bodies everywhere. Keep an eye out for Oshwares and Oubliettes. Okay. Yep. I feel like it's like Good that scene in Clue where they open the door and they're like, dead body? Yep, still there. And then just close the door and move on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just just like that with dead bodies and doll masks. <laughs> <laughs> dolls like, oh cool, a room full of creepy so dolls. Much. Must be time for the doll parade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please tell me that in the parade, everyone runs around with doll masks on for like the whole weekend. Oh, yeah. I thought that's yeah, that's the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, that's, that's gotta be like that's gotta be the whole thing, right? Because yeah. it's normalized so that this there, walking around with the blank doll mask so, like oh, they just didn't decorate there are the mask. I feel like there are three stores that sell doll masks in the, <laughs> in the area. Like so they're everywhere. And they're all themed, you know, it depends on where you are at. If you're on oh. shore side, they're kind of like shore themed masks. Yeah. Oh. Um, I think I'm myself. I'm one of those like pottery paint places. Yes. <laughs> yes. Paint your own doll mask. Oh, and oh. there will have to be a kiln room. Yeah. Oh yeah, there always has to be a kiln room. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yep. I mean, I'm personally as the killer not interested in a kiln room. What would I even do? Not at all. I have no idea. <laughs> a kiln room full of masks that need to be fired. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> also burn a killer there. Uh, uh, right? It's going to be a Sanderson sister reunion. <laughs> um, so the, the, this is actually something that I wanted to ask about setting. And I was kind of thinking that it would be interesting to have uh, it be not tourist season, like off season when all of the characters kind of descend on the on the town um but i really want to incorporate this parade of dolls because is this like their one big off-season event maybe or, or maybe or it's, it's the, the kickoff to tour season i was actually thinking it's the sign off to tour season oh and oh ends God. with the big doll parade yeah so i'm thinking that when we we're going to discuss um, the adventures next uh, during the phase trio. And I think maybe that is the starting adventure that each of you was at the doll parade. That's amazing. So yes. here's another thought for the reason it's off. If it's off season. Yeah. They want everyone to get together and do a trial run to make sure that all the floats and everything are up to par for tourist season. So they do like, 
you know, a week of pulling everything out and doing like trial parades to make sure that everything is working for the season because it's so important. So like imagine like these, um, you know, makeshift canvases like flapping around in the breeze with like a lot of different scaffolding and like just these different areas along the main street where you know you see these doll masks everywhere and you see some toys and you see these brightly colored cloths of you know what could be gingham dresses and like just all these different details all along main street as it's people prepare be, I, I don't just like tons of doll masks like just on the walls and just everything just oh it sounds horrible <laughs> I, I hesitate to give jess ideas but <laughs> I had this picture as you were describing the scaffoldings and like things hanging off them um, at one point because people aren't really looking up after a while. You know, when you get oh. used to something being there. <laughs> Callie knows where I'm going. Oh. <laughs> and it's coming. There's a person hung off one of those scaffoldings dressed like a doll. Like a marionette type. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And now we just went to in sync for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh. let's let's talk about the phase trio. Um, in, in the in the world of uh, fate, uh, you are creating your character's adventure. They're they're sort of backstory where everyone met and got along. In slasher specifically, there's a lot of ways that the characters tie into each other. Um, and so at the first phase of the face trio is discussing what the adventure is, where, you know, the first initial creepy thing that happened, the first brush with the killer, the first brush with someone dead in the town, the first brush with something that, you know, caused them alarm uh, in Sufra Shores. Uh, being that the, the time frame is um, that uh, Kel's character, I'm sorry, what was the character's name again? Ian Hudson. Ian Hudson. Being that Ian Hudson is just arriving into town, it has to be actually within that time frame of Ian arriving. So let's start with Ian to kind of establish that timeline. Um, and then we can go around and discuss what everyone's adventure is. Uh, we will reserve the killer for last because the killer gets something a little special. Of course she does. Ominous. <laughs> so, um, Kelric, tell me about what are your ideas around Ian Hudson's adventures? And this is something that everyone can kind of jump in and collaborate on uh, and contribute to, uh, just like we did with the doll parade, which was lovely. I, I am thrilled <laughs> about this. So I'm honestly still not quite clear on how to build the adventure. Like it's Sure. So Ian is so different that I'm struggling here. Okay, so it's um a couple of sentences about something that Ian experienced after uh in this case after they arrived in Sufra Shores. So is is Ian arriving before the doll parade? I would I would think so. Yes. Okay. Yes, I think so. So, what would Ian do after arriving to Super Shores? Immediately, uh, they would have booked a 
a, a room somewhere, like a, a room in a bed and breakfast or something. Cause so this would you have gone to the bronze flamingo? Um, which one has the best reviews online? It would be the bronze flamingo. Then yes, that's where he would go. Absolutely. You, you just blocked my opportunity of having an instance for him and Harper to interact by him staying at her parents' resort. You know what? Actually, <laughs> then let's do that. Or maybe your parents actually owned the Bronze Flamingo as well. They could have. Her her mom's family owns a ton of them. So I can add that she did it. It's just Harper's focusing on... I could just change the name. Screw it. Um, we'll okay. just go with that as opposed Bronze. to the one that I had written down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had Russ the Grand Rose because <laughs> so, uh, I, I was going to continue the pink jokes, but <laughs> the I was so when we initially started, I came up with the seed for the story and for the location Super Shores, and I came up with a couple of names for places, and one of them was the Bronze Flamingo, and I, I'm kind of endeared to it. <laughs> all right director's so prerogative say, it's fine. let me say one of the things i'm loving right now is that it's the bronze flamingo and when i see it in writing i just see the bronze and then callie is basically playing cordelia this is an episode of buffy with dolls and i'm totally loving every second of it. <laughs> does that make me buffy maybe oh see yeah, with the, the monster magnet yeah yeah i think so I think if anything, you're Xander. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're a little more of a Xander character. Can I at least be Willow? Willow's uh, not really a monster magnet as much as Xander. Like, um, Xander is the real monster magnet. Yeah, because he has the oh, whole line oh. of, you know, no more butt monkey because he's tired. Of <laughs> I know, and Xander with the funny syphilis. <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot about no more butt monkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Buffy. <laughs> we were trying to stay away from weeded, weren't we? <laughs> but Buffy right. is, is iconic. <laughs> well, and I mean, it's the bronze, and we have Callie playing Cordelia. I mean, it's it's just too perfect. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Nightbot has reminded me this is Slasher, not Buffy. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Ian is staying at the Bronze Flamingo. Yes. Um, what? Where do you think a good starting adventure for Ian would be? Um, I I would put money down that, like, going through Main Street and seeing all of the initial decorations for the doll parade or something creepy happening there. So... I agree. It brings back, I think Ian is walking through town, just trying to find a place where he can, you know, continue doing his stretching and practice dancing and working out so that he's still ready for the season. But as he's walking around, he's seeing all the dolls and it brings up a memory of being in town with his parents during this when they were working and there being some issue on a float and them needing a kid to be on the float dressed up. And so he got pulled into wearing one of the doll masks and being on one of the floats in the parade. And mm. it's just one of those memories where he's like, oh, right. I forgot all about this <laughs> horse shit. <laughs> okay, so um, I, I'm going to ask some guiding questions from the rule book. 
<laughs> I, I'm getting official. Oh. Um, so something bad happened. What was it? Did it happen to you, to someone you care about, or to someone you were coerced into helping? And this is in present time. This is what just this happened. In present time, something bad happened. Can I throw out a suggestion? Oh, please do, because I am blank as a doll's empty head. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so I'm adding more decor, and Jess can chime in whether or not this is something her creeper would do. Um, I'm just picturing, like, the opening scene of a horror movie, you know, when... Like we're, we're following your character as they're coming in and there is a sea of doll decorations. Like some of them are up like scarecrows even maybe. Oh my gosh. <laughs> What's wrong and... with this town? This is... <laughs> what is wrong with these people? And Have you never they're... been to like some small town festival? This is what they do. Seriously. Yeah. They, they go like off. Not this creepy. Done. Well, in, instead wrong. of going red and wild, you they just went doll. There's Willow, you know, there's Jess's character hanging out with her mask on. And then from the corner of Ian's eye, sees her move. And tries to be like, no, no, no. I, I, I'm just imagining things. But then looks back and the doll's not there anymore. Great. <laughs> so I, I would say that's a great start, but someone needs to be hurt. So my idea for this would be that Ian, while staying in the Bronze Flamingo, like came to stay in the Bronze Flamingo and like the first night everything was fine. And then the next morning woke up and there were police all over the hotel because the person in the room next to his was murdered in the nighttime. There was a statue of a Bronze Flamingo in the Bronze Flamingo. There's one in every bedroom, of course. Of course. Um, and somehow that Flamingo statue has moved and there's blood all over its beak and little like flamingo talon feet the one in my room the one in the room next to yours oh, so like God. your neighbor was murdered in the night okay just making sure that my flamingo wasn't used in the murder that was <laughs> <laughs> your flamingo wasn't used but in my story, there is a flamingo in your room still okay so maybe i'm looking for a new hotel because <laughs> okay. no. so someone was murdered in the middle of the night you were looking for a new place to stay yes. um is there anything that is standing against you doing this? I think because it is near the end of tourist season, you can't find another place to stay. Okay. That sucks. What are you going to do with that statue? <laughs> All right. So I'm going to be looking for a hardware store. And <laughs> I will just pay the fees for drilling into the doors. Question locks. Good idea. Okay. Um, Ian is doing fairly well at this point. Okay. So, also, okay. even better, instead of the murder happening in the middle of the night, it happened in the middle of the day while everyone was like out doing touristy things. You came <laughs> back to your hotel at the end of the day and, and someone had been murdered and no one saw it, even though it was daytime. Broad daylight. Yes. Yep. Amazing. That's, that's brilliant. Okay. So, um, what aspect could we assign to this? All right, so give me an example of aspects again. Um, knows that there's a murderer. Um, so it would, it would, you could use that to boost that there is an awareness. 
But yeah, it could also be used be against like, you as a compel see. because it would fuck, creep you out. So, uh, if there's a murderer or is on guard? Yeah, I like on guard. On guard, yeah. I can uh, save that, myself. That, that can be both. Uh, sorry, I was I was just gonna say that yeah. can both be a uh, something that you could invoke that hey I'm on guard and it could also be something that's compelled against you. Double edged. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, and and those are the best aspects, the ones that can go both ways. So yep. going like. Is that something that someone can compel? Like, no, you're on guard. You're you're not able to relax. And yeah. Katie in chat actually makes a great point. Is there a drill still in your room? <laughs> what do you mean? Because uh, you drilled out the locks. Yeah. Is there a drill in your bedroom? Because a person who can bring inanimate things to life is interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the person who owns the hotel. To a rental. To a rental. That's what it was. It's so. I think the drill would probably get me kicked out if they could kick me out. So I probably would go old, old school and just use, you know, strength and a screwdriver to drill into the door, to, to drill the screw into the door and set up my own locks, plural. <laughs> All right. Uh, let us move on. So that sounds like a good adventure. So we're uh, the the time frame for the adventure is uh, like during the week of the doll parade. Mm -hmm. So okay. let's go to Callie next. Um, I think uh, probably a good instance of it would be just having um, <laughs> show up in my video store. Um, I kind of feel like it would be like, it's a video store, so it's not going to be that busy. So I feel like maybe one day during the same time frame, I'm just sitting there behind the desk and there's somebody just standing in the aisles, not choosing a video. And I don't know how Jess would want like an interaction to that go. Either I see them on the camera and I go over there and they're gone, or I'm talking to them and they're just not saying anything back and I get wigged out and, and go turn around and then they're gone or something like that. But I feel like maybe, because I imagine that the Willow just kind of walks around and does whatever they want. Um, and maybe they're scoping out people they want to Kill, or maybe they're just wandering but uh i think that's probably how i would be introduced the idea of something being off but i also don't know if that would necessarily it is doll season as much as a horrible <laughs> <laughs> so so in seattle Why? we have we that's have going spider all season marketing from now on oh. it's doll season <laughs> oh i just see some creepy doll face pin coming out of this i'm not happy <laughs> I am very Hunted happy. Don't watch. Sorry, wrong podcast. Uh, yeah, so I think I think probably my interaction for that that would probably be something just to kind of get me in the idea that that's weird. There's somebody weird going around. I think I probably would have either seen uh, Ian. I'd imagine the video stores. It's probably a small towns. So the video store is probably pretty close to the hardware stores. So I see so this. Let's put, let's uh, zoom in on just um, your character. We'll we'll, oh, okay. we'll do cross. We're not linking yet. Not right. quite yet. Um, yeah. So I, I think that, that that encounter with somebody creepily standing in my store, not really picking anything up or looking at anything, and just yeah, that, I'm creeping myself out just thinking about a kind of scenario. I think like that's that. that's a good start, but something bad needs to happen. Um. I don't know how many Turn murders. Yeah, how many murders do we want uh, Willow to 
have done because I could. Uh, <laughs> well, no. So this is this is the you fun thing. You could have seen her leaving. Like th this is the fun thing to me. Um, I had just recently watched Halloween, and like the the new one with Jamie Lee Curtis, amazing, absolutely fucking brilliant. Um, there were there were deaths that I just didn't anticipate happening. You know, there were people that just that were that were either killed off screen or that died, but you got showed their corpse, um, and I was just like, oh, okay, that that happened. <laughs> so, so like a background death almost um a, a little bit and it was a character that you didn't really meet that didn't say anything so this is kind of your moment in in this preparation to create a I, character i know exactly okay it's, it's my manager oh nice uh, <laughs> so after this encounter i'm gonna go back to the office where my manager bob uh bob jimson just sits in the back all day and does absolutely nothing and just expects me to run the store and Bob is going to be fucking dead. And uh, I think that I think that Tina would react to that by covering it up because she's known <laughs> to not get along with Bob and known to be a bitch. And I'd probably be a prime suspect. So wow. I think I'm going to dumpster Bob. All right. <laughs> Me was itching. I just wanted to say that I, I, I was just going to pop in that I wanted him to be killed by one of the cardboard cutouts. Ooh, life-size cardboard cutouts like some some action hero just totally beat the crap out of him. Oh, it's got to be like a uh, it's gonna be a like no a Jason uh, like a Jason cutout because my video store is gonna be like horror themed. So uh, yeah, so the the murder scene will be him dead with this bloodied like wooden Jason cutout that we use for like store displays. Can yeah. we, instead yeah. of a, like, horror movie, like a bloody Jason thing, can it be, like, there was recently a horror movie where uh, there were, like, it was, like, a, an animated horror movie or something, so it's actually, like, a big panda or something, like, a big, fuzzy, adorable panda bear that, like, I've that's been... the cardboard cutout. Uh, Kung Fu Panda? Can it be? Yeah. <laughs> can, it be can it be, like, the, the, the Pikachu movie? Yeah, <laughs> like some Pokemon this guy. Pikachu. I'm really happy that we are marked as, as adult only. <laughs> Whatever uh, it is, it's, I want it to be like a cute, cuddly animal that like. It's got to be detective. So I guess that's the question: is is our is our setting current timeline, or are we set in the past? Um, I I see no problem with making it current because um, Super Shores is far enough off the grid that cell phone services spotty, and that's the okay. bane of every storyteller. <laughs> uh, it's definitely gonna be Detective Pikachu then, just a bloody, bloodied up. Uh, I th how would somebody kill with the with the car? Oh, it's a Detective Pikachu cardboard cutout rolled up and like jammed violently down Bob's <laughs> throat and done. Oh my gosh. Oh, I killed Bob, so I, I got to dumpster Bob. <laughs> okay, yep. So you you dumpster Bob. Uh, let's say what what would be a, there. There is a great um a, uh, aspect here, and I'm not like my mind isn't forming it yet. But there there's a good one. Uh, there's got to be an asteroid hiding, like really good at hiding things or something yeah. like that. I thought the reaction being so quick to just, I got to dumpster this person. Yeah. <laughs> to, like, quick on her feet or something. No, yeah. uh, or, or hide, hesitation. Not it. Hide, hide the evidence or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of, yeah. 
uh, more prone to concealing things than addressing them in a proper fashion. <laughs> I think you're going a little deep there. Yeah. <laughs> so tell I, me I really about your dreams. That was good. <laughs> that is awesome. Okay, so that, that will be the aspect for this backstory. Okay. Perfect. All right. All right, Bob. Sorry, Bob. Mew. <laughs> yes. Sean Malarkey, uh, what is their adventure in this dull hell? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, Sean Malarkey has come back to town. Basically, he's looking to offload his current stash and try to hop the border uh, down. Uh, I think we said this is in Washington, so it'd be heading just south uh, to Oregon. But I think Sean would have gotten to town and all kinds of weird stuff's been going on, right? Mm -hmm. And Sean is known to authorities. Yep. And so uh, I, I kind of had this idea that, yeah, Sean and one particular, when he left, the guy was like a, a deputy sheriff. Mm -hmm. He might even be the sheriff now. But that Sean and he had some, like, real issues. Like, I don't know, maybe Sean was dealing to his kid or something and got he got caught. Um, but they've got some real beef. So I just have this I just have this idea of Sean getting back in town. He's like, okay, I'm back in town. I'm going to take care of this stuff, and then I'm on my way. Like I'm only here for a couple of days. And next thing he knows, he's as he's in his uh, in his van, there's a cop banging on the window. Mm. Okay, that's a that's a great. And they start. want they want to know like, hey, Sean, been a long time since I've seen you. Tell me what what have you been up to the last couple of days? Mm. Okay. Please say you're arrested. So that's kind of how I see it. arrested. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see it. Like, like, well, you're going to have to come down to the station and answer a few questions for us. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> the, the station <laughs> is in the strip mall. It is literally sandwiched between the grocery store and a 7 Eleven. Um, mm -hmm. Come on. I have like two cells. Yeah, like two cells. Um, like it, it's barely more secure than an old west saloon type, you know. Yeah, um, sheriff's office. So I, I'm imagining. Oh, okay. We only have mall cops. Yeah, basically. <laughs> well, you, you have a very, very limited police force. Good. Um. Okay. I literally, have lived in places where the court house was in a beach house <laughs> <laughs> like on stilts like a, they they hollowed out the inside and set up a bench and that was it like there's the courthouse so yeah nice okay yeah um so i i'm oh i'm a, yeah i think that you were arrested um what did you what do you try to get out of this like what does sean do cellmate is oh um, uh, let's see. Sean. Well, see that that's the thing. Sean would just be like mouthy. Okay. Like Sean, Sean would just, Sean is, uh, very much into like conspiracies and, and very kind of anarchist, like that Northwest anarchist punk kind of feel. Mm -hmm. 
And so he'd basically be like, hey, man, you can't do this. You know, he's got his phone out. He's trying to record, like, getting up in the cop's face, like, shoving the phone up in his face. <laughs> Recording, like, what you going to do? What you going to do? I can record you. I can record you. Okay. So I don't know that Sean, Sean might have had to spend a couple of days <laughs> in there, but he would have been exonerated because other things would have happened Okay. while he was in jail, uh, I think. is, But I feel like the 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 sheriff's deputy or whatever that brought me in, like, is just watching. Okay. You know? So... Like, he's convinced that you did it? May did maybe something? maybe the aspect is, like, under surveillance. That's actually a great aspect, because you can use that to your advantage very easily, mm -hmm. as well as... Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> have it really be used against you. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, I think under surveillance as an aspect. So, yeah, now, now I know that... The, the cop and his buddies are all watching me everywhere I go. Nice. Like, keeping tabs on where I go and what I'm doing, because at least one of them suspects uh, Sean. Very good. All right. Uh, we have been streaming for over an hour now. Um, I think it's time for a break, and we will pick up with Steph when we get back. Sounds good. All right, we'll be back in about five or so minutes. <laughs> 